really got to try on that left hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty had over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game. It didn't seem to work out. Hello, cheers, and welcome, welcome once again to the Scrum of the Earth podcast, the weekly show that brings you news, reviews, great interviews, and anything else we find that rhymes with ew. So as you have no doubt surmised, this is not your regular weekly episode, but is in fact yet another bonus episode in which we bring you a much-needed recap of the Women's Six Nations tournament just concluded last week. I am beyond pleased to introduce a returning guest, a woman who, when she gets tackled, becomes the law of the land, Rachel Law. Rachel, how are you? I'm good, thank you, and thank you so much for having me on again. Do you have any idea how hard it is to keep coming up with these corny law jokes? Like, if, I was going to say. If, if, if you just Google law jokes, it assumes you mean lawyer jokes, so I'm really on my own here. No, they get, they get better every time. I'm pretty sure that's the best one yet. <laughs> I think the barrel is empty. <laughs> So uh, I do want to say how thankful I am to have you back on the show. I'm perpetually impressed with, I mean, I get, I guess you, <laughs> like you're just awesome. So thanks again for coming on and joining us here. No, thank you very much for having me. You know me, I love chatting about rugby. So um, yeah, I, I've really enjoyed being, being on the show before. So looking forward to chatting all things rugby and women's six nations with you today. Sure. But first off, you had a cup final yesterday. Uh, it's my impression you and the Watsonians just won yourselves the Sarabini Cup. Is that right? We did. We did indeed. Um, we got the opportunity to play on the big pitch at Murrayfield. Um, so we were playing against um, Cougars, Castorfin Cougars, who are one of kind of our biggest rivals. Um, so, yes, it was fantastic. The crowd and support were amazing the pitch is so so big and I think it's one of those ones that I've played on it several times but I think it gets it, it, it's, it's still so so special it's such a, an amazing pitch to play on it's kind of like a hybrid from um like grass and astroturf so it's actually really quite a nice pitch oh, is it? yeah so it's like half half astroturf half grass um it's very nice to slide on when you're scoring so that's always good <laughs> um, wow yeah but yeah no it was a really really good game um the cougars cougars kind of ran away with it in the first 10 minutes or so they were winning 10 nil after eight minutes and I thought oh dear this is going to be a long um afternoon but um we started to kind of get into our stride um found kind of what we wanted to do and and, and looking to get the ball wide um is kind of our 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 main game plan so um we managed to do that and um yeah won 26 25 that's so incredible was- so any Rachel highlights um I don't I got a good turnover there was a good turnover in the first half um they were kind of attacking in our 22 um and someone had made got a nice low cha- uh, low tackle and I was straight on ball so I got a good turnover which was good um and then there's a very nice bit of play where one of our um one of our um centers scores we've got a beautiful line out we come off the line out hit the forwards pod um, forwards come around the corner and we go out the back and our 13 gets the ball in 
a load of space and she just carves things up. She's so, so quick. Um, she's played for, for Scotland in the Six Nations. Um, so she plays for what's known as Francesca McGee. So she is the... the That's chemist. a great name. It's such a good name. She's got such a good name in there. It's, um, yeah, it was her first Six Nations this year playing for Scotland. So it was really good to have her back yesterday oh, wow. for Watsonians. So, um, yeah, she got the ball in some space and and, and scored um, under the post. So, yeah, it was good. It was really, really good. A good was day. That the, uh, was that the go-ahead score? Um, that was, well, she scored two. There was one that she scored from our own line. We were going backwards in the scrum and um, managed to kind of guddle it along the floor towards um, the 10 who who picked it up, got it out to Francesca and she ran probably about 90 metres um, and, and, and went under the, the, the sticks. And then we, we, and then she scored another one. So those two were kind of the the um, deciders, so to speak. Um, so yeah, it was good. It was really, really good. And then after it was all said and done, you all went out, had a single cup of tea and got to bed at a reasonable hour. Yep. You know me, David. I'm all about cups of tea and to bed by 10 o'clock. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to say um, that that is what happened. Unfortunately, it did not. My head and my bank account say it did not happen. So um <laughs> <laughs> it was good um yeah a big blowout on the system i do have a cup of tea now and i am suffering spectacularly for um my i also I, I got a note from gregor townsend saying he's very disappointed in you <laughs> well oh can't please everyone can you <laughs> no, was, uh, yeah well well worth it and well deserved i think so um that'll be me that's me done for the year that's awesome <laughs> What a way to end. That's perfect. So good. So good. Yeah. So we're, of course, here to talk all things Women's Six Nations. But before we do that, I was really hoping you could tell me and my listeners a little bit about the new, uh, what are we, uh, I haven't even heard definitively what we're calling it. Is it the WXV? Is it the Women's 15s competition? Um, during the Six Nations, there was a lot of talk about it. And most of the talk centered around the fact that nobody knew what was happening. <laughs> is, uh, um, yes. Are there actual facts now? Is this competition set, set in stone? Who's involved? And what can we expect? Yeah, so it's not set in stone stone, but we've got a bit more kind of structure. So essentially, I think they are calling it the um, WXV. I think that's what they're going to be going for. But essentially, it's um, it's about bridging the gap from um, World Cup to World Cup in terms of women's kind of side of things. So it's about creating a tournament where um, you can get the best teams in the world playing against the best teams in the world and, and competing um, at, the, at that level. So there's three tiers. There's a tier one, a tier two, and a tier three. Um, and they're going to be um, fixtures um, played. I think it's going to kick off about October, November time um, of this year. Um, and essentially, you're going to be grouped in either tier one, tier two, or tier three. You'll play against everyone in there. Um, Is it and four teams per tier? Three teams per tier? I think it's four. Okay. Um, oh, it's six. It's six. Sorry. Six. Oh, wow. Um, so there is, in terms of, so the, the Women's Six Nations was a um, kind of qualifying kind of competition. That was so, my impression. Yeah, so um, that means that England, France and um, Wales have qualified for the top tier. Scotland have qualified for um, the, the second tier and Ireland are in the third tier. 
Italy and Spain need to play against each other now to determine who goes into the second tier and who goes into the third tier out of oh, those. Wow. Um, and then I think the the um, Pacific Four series that's coming up, um, they'll determine the the remaining teams that are going to go into that top tier. Um, oh, interesting. So it's kind of still being seeded. Okay. Yeah, still being seeded. So um, obviously you've got um, Australia, New Zealand, Canada and USA. Three of them will go into tier one and join England, France and Wales. Mm. And the the one more, the, the the whoever comes bottom of that will go into the, the second tier, join Scotland um, in that second tier and then, um, yeah, and or Italy and Spain. Um, and then I think there's just going to be regional... Um, regional tournaments that are going to then qualify the rest of the teams into those tiers. So it should be, and if there's six in each, it'll be um, kind of 18 teams. Um, and as I say, it's just kind of to bridge the gap between World Cups and um, to try and get kind of um, more top level rugby available. And um, yeah, I think it should should be a good tournament. I think it's something that's that awesome. should be good. I, I don't know why I'm just thinking of this now, but can you think of any other nation where, besides the United States, where the women's team is always better than the men's team? Um, I think we're unique in that. Yeah, very much so, very much so. But then again, rugby's not a massive thing over there, so I guess it's it's not like rugby's quite a big thing over here, and obviously, as it has traditionally been a men's only sport, men have played it for for kind of so long, and I think probably yeah, it's not as big in the United States. So I guess it's one of those ones that everybody kind of picks it up at the same level rather than the men being kind of up here and having played it for so long, I guess. But hmm. interesting. Yeah. England are doing very well. And France, to be honest with you, the pair of them, they're chasing their men's teams. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. We will get to them for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so the Six Nations this year was a milestone in many ways for women's rugby and this tournament itself. There was much more buzz in the lead up to it. Pundits and analysts who don't usually cover the women's game were all over it. The final weekend saw an all-time record attendance, beating even the incredible final in the Aotearoa that you and I discussed in the last World Cup. Yeah. Um, real quick, looking at sort of the broadest scope, looking at the overall quality and, and I guess drama of this competition without getting into the in individual teams or players yet, of course, we will get to that. What are your overall takeaways from this year's tournament? What went well and what could have been better? Um, from a, a, a very personal point of view, um, with Scotland, I think Scotland's played really, really well. Wales have shown us something completely new. They've been um, kind of building over the course of, of um, the last few months off the back of, of the, the World Cup. So they looked very good they looked very dangerous they've got a kind of a new style of of play which was good um your your Frances and your England's I'd probably argue that they looked a bit rusty kind of coming mm. off the back of the the kind of World Cup um I don't think they looked as good as I would have liked them to look um still some very very solid performances by both of them Italy do you know I, I, they, they started strong and I thought mm, this this could be good um kind of fell off off the, the the back um a little bit and then um Ireland yeah not not really too much I have a special place for them coming up yes <laughs> not really too much that we can say about Ireland I think um yeah a challenging six nations for them but hopefully kind of they can start to build and I think things like the 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 WXV should be good for them to kind of get 
a few kind of fixtures under their belt and get kind of playing together before ahead of the kind of next World Cup. So here's uh, two incredibly reductive questions for you. <laughs> one, just for this overall tournament, give me a simple one to 10 rating for the overall quality. But the second one, the second question is, what is going to be your answer to that question when we have this same chat next year? What will the, the 12 months of difference make in uh, how this tournament goes over? I'm going to say uh, seven for this year's and next year's. I just think the growth of women's rugby at the minute is inc- is incredible. It's the fact that I'm sure we're going to come on to it um, with regards to to how many people watched that England-France game. Yep. I think it's it, the women's game is growing massively. We're getting loads more people playing grassroots rugby. Re- Ooh, grassroots level um, we're getting um, a lot of, of more youth sections and we're getting pathways building up and through so I think what we're going to be seeing next year the quality the player pool the 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 um, kind of speed the intensity of the game is just going for up and up and up so um, I think in terms of, of, of where we're going to see the green the game grow in the next um, kind of 12 months or so I think it's going to be exponential and I think it will be be good looking ahead um, as I say things like the, the WXV are going to be good at kind of um, in getting more game time at that level for for people so um, come the next six nations it should be should be good. So just to recap for anyone who wasn't paying as close attention as we were uh, at the conclusion of this year's six nations it of course was England unbeaten France with just the one loss, obviously, to the Red Roses. Wales, as you already kind of mentioned, managed to nab three wins and got some good momentum there, especially early. Scotland did get two wins out of it. Italy had a nice one. And Ireland put up a goose egg, fully earning that wooden spoon. Um, Do you think that those final standings are an accurate depiction of where these nations are right now? Like, you know how it is. Strange things happen in sports, especially when there's a, a limited number of actual games you're playing. The best teams don't always win. But to me... This seems a pretty clear indicator of reality. What do you think about that? Yeah, agreed. And it's probably something that um, it was, I don't know whether or not people would have expected the the Wales. I don't think I really expected Wales to come out as well as they did. I think mm. what kind of threw us off a little bit was was probably because the, the first game of the Six Nations was um, Ireland versus Wales. And I think... Ireland coming off the back of obviously not being included in the the, the World Cup um, would have thought that they would kind of have gone through a bit of a, a building phase and, and have, have been kind of working hard over the course of the, the, the past few months leading up into the Six Nations. So it was quite a shock that Wales were that good and obviously they had the experience of, of kind of going to the World Cup and, and kind of using that. Um, but they they came firing out the blocks and, and Ireland just didn't really step off the mark at all in that kind of first game. So I think it does give us an indication as to where all these teams are. We know the Englands, we know the Frances, they're top tier level. Um, so we know that they're always going to be top um, in terms of of that that kind of matchup between England and France. It's, it's one of those ones that um, it's always a brilliant game. And I think the the quality of rugby that was on show was 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 really good in that last game so we know that they are kind of the top tiers we know that um Italy and Scotland are kind of are, are, are building at the minute I would have probably have thought that that Italy would have been perhaps a little step higher than than Scotland and it was good that we, we managed oh. to get the win on them I would have said 
Um, and um, yeah, I think we could have beaten Wales as well. I think that's another one where with, with Scotland that we left a little bit too much um, to, to do. So yeah, in terms of how everybody matches up, I think that was probably roughly about right. There was a few surprises. I didn't think Wales were going to be as good as they were. Mm. Um, I think, I think um, Italy kind of disappointed me a little bit as well. There was so much emotion around the Welsh team too. That you already mentioned that first game when they came out and kind of smashed Ireland. The scenes at Cardiff Arms Park afterwards, just the the joy, the the, the way the crowd embraced that team. It was it was awesome. Yeah, it was incredible. And as I say, they got they 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 just came out the blocks all thing all firing. It was incredible. Um, I think there were some kind of there's some key standout players in that um, kind of well, Welsh team that have been kind of driving the the structure and the the new way that they're playing. That's uh, yeah, put, put them on hold because I'm going to ask about that in just a minute too. Okay. Um. Yeah. The speed and kind of intensity that that Wales kind of brought to um to to that first game. So um. Yeah. It was a it was a cracking first kind of opener for the the Six Nations. Um. And yeah. It was it was nice to see Wales kind of playing that that enjoyable rugby that I think they've kind of missed over the past few years. Mm. So I want to take a bit to just look at the individual teams, which is a strange phrase now that I say it out loud, individual teams. Uh, but um, I'm going to, it's going to be a weird order, I think. Um, but I do want to start with Scotland. I mean, you were in there in the, in the camp, you're, you are working and training with these women. You're inside the beast in ways that I, of course, you know, I don't know anyone else who is, what is up with Scottish women's rugby right now? What was the attitude like? What was that whole experience like for you and, and for the team this year? Yeah, I think it was good. Um, I think the buzz kind of coming around um, the squad w- was good. Obviously, off the back of kind of so many losses in a row, I would say um, is is one of those ones that you 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 want to kind of get back on the horse and 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 put in some good performances. So the buzz was good. Um, there's some tweaks being in the the kind of coaching staff um, and things like that. Some new faces in the coaching team. Oh. I think there has been some some changes there that um I've I've, I've brought a a kind of new set of eyes to to things. So um I think the excitement and the buzz was there. Um and yeah, we're just keen to play some some good rugby. It's difficult when you um come into a Six Nations where you have to play England first. Um uh, yeah. at um. Um, down at Kingston Park I think that is probably one of the the the, the hardest games to, to start with um, so it was yeah I think the buzz going into it was good and it was probably about kind of taking learnings from from the kind of first few games and and then really drove into the Italy and the Ireland game to finish um, and, and, and got two huge very important wins which was good. I'm curious too you know as an athlete after you go into a really difficult situation like that first round and you end up losing by 51, how hard is it to get re-motivated? Is that, do you try to use that? Like, okay, we're never letting that happen again. Like, let's use this to get better. Or is it just like, Oh Jesus, that was rough. Yeah. I think it's one of those ones. Playing England is, is always hard. There's, there's not been very many kind scores in the past few years um, against in the past a long time, should I say, against England. So it's always one of those ones that they are a challenge. At the end of the day, England and, and English rugby is and English women's rugby is probably 
10, 15 years ahead of where we are in, here in Scotland. So it is still pretty much professionals playing against amateurs. I know we're kind of getting more professional contracts coming in and um, the girls are getting kind of more funding, more support. A lot of them are playing down south in the, the um, premiership down there. So mm. they're getting the experience and they're playing with people like the the um the Emily Scarrets, people like the Sarah Hunters. So they're in and around all of that in, in that environment. So um kind of driving the the game forward in, in that perspective. So um yeah it's a tough one. It's never nice to play England at home when you lose by um what 51 points. But um I think it's one of those ones that you know it's going to be tough. You know it's going to be a, a a big scorer but you learn things, you try things in the game as well. You try things, you try and get kind of structure and, and back into everything, having not played um, kind of international rugby since the World Cup. So getting back into the swing of everything um, and then, yeah, building from that, saying, right, we'll park that. This is what we learned, this, this and this. And then we want to work on that into the next game. So who's a player who surprised you with her performance this year for Scotland? Um, so Somebody who jumped out at you like, whoa, didn't see that coming. When we were talking in our little series before around the World Cup, I really tried to do this where it's like, let, let's let's hear a name that isn't a household name yet and try to get her into those households. <laughs> who's somebody who's who should be talked about right now? Um, I'm going to have to say uh, Francesca McGee just because I play with her at Watson's. I've played with her a lot. Um, so she is one of the most balanced runners that I have ever met. She is so speedy, but is, she is so agile and she has so much power and so much strength. She's kind of an, uh, a very kind of natural rugby player um in terms of, of her, her kind of attacking ability um and yeah she's she's so unbelievably quick it doesn't look it looks so effortless it doesn't look like she's running she just is 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 so quick so yeah I'm gonna say Francesca McGee she scored an absolute worldie of a try um in in the last game um she she caught the ball probably just in just yeah, just in the, the Ireland half, um, caught the ball, went on the outside of the wingers and then uh, stepped back inside the 15 um, to score under the, the sticks for her first kind of international try for, for Scotland. So wow. she is is definitely one to watch for the, the future. There's a lot of young guns that are coming through the kind of Scottish setup. It's it's um, There's lots of girls who are, are kind of 19, 20, 21 years old that are, are kind of coming through. So I think the future is very, very bright. Um, but I think, yeah, Francesca McGee is my kind of one to watch um, for the, the kind of up and coming games. I noticed uh, before the tournament, I just looking at the Scotland roster, I was like, there are a lot of really young people on this squad this year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you said, some 19s and 20s. Yeah, and I think they're kind of girls who've been in and around the squad for for kind of um the, the past kind of year or so and have, have been kind of coming through um the kind of pathway systems that 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 we've got in place. So um yeah, they're the they're very um very young, but they've also kind of had the experience of going to World Cups, playing Six Nations, and I think that um the only way is kind of up we're building um something hopefully very special so um them them kind of coming through is that the young guns is really exciting to see so i'm going to do this for each of these teams as well um who was scotland's mvp this year of the tournament um i am going to say either lana skeldon who had absolute stronker 
um, all the last two games. She's always someone who normally you she's one of those players that you notice her but you don't really notice her because she's just doing doing her job that well yeah yeah she's just gonna get around the park she puts in the hit she puts in kind of big carries she's just her set piece is absolutely outstanding so she's one of those ones that that you you do notice her but you don't notice her and in the last couple of games she really kind of came into her own um she loves a, a line out um mall um and, and and often gets herself on the score sheet um which was good to see so i would either see lana skeldon or my other one if i'm allowed to um would be evie gallagher um oh. so, Evie missed out on um, the World Cup. She got injured um, the week before they were due to fly and had to have an oh, ankle. Oh, yeah. Operation. Yeah, so she had to have an ankle operation. So she got that um, done and then she's been rehabbing kind of ever since. And so it was really, really nice to see her back in a, a Scotland shirt. She is someone who, again, has... <clears throat> you notice her, but you don't notice her. She does kind of all of the, the kind of... Um, bits in the background she hits the rocks she she carries hard she she tackles everything but something that impressed me a lot about her game and um, this six nations was her uh, ability over ball she got a stonking amount of, of of turnovers um and yeah she was 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 one of the players that um i would say she's young as well she's she's 21 22 um so she's she's got a very bright future ahead of her but yeah either lana skeldon or um evie gallagher so if we look at Italy, for me, they showed some positive growth this year. Um, the win they got didn't look like a fluke to me. It looked like they definitely earned it. Um, you already kind of mentioned that you're a little disappointed with their overall performance this year. What's your takeaway for Italy this year? Are they headed in the right direction or are they kind of, uh, you know, flatlining a bit? Yeah, I think it was, they had, they started strong. They played against um, France in that first game. And I think, what was the final score? 22 12 or something like that i think so 12 22 yeah 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 so they they showed some promise um in that game and i thought you know what it'll actually be really excited to see how they go in the six nations with with a kind of performance like that against um france but they just didn't really have the exciting kind of flair that that we've seen them have um, I think in terms of um, kind of them coming off the back of um, the um, World Cup, I would have kind of expected them to be be kind of looking a bit better um, than than they were. They just didn't have the consistency that they'd had in kind of previous games, and I just I don't know what it was that they were missing, um, particularly in the Scotland game when they played against Scotland. They just they didn't keep the ball they weren't smart about the areas that they were playing in I, mm. I just think that they'd kind of lost a little bit of their their flair so um I know quite a few of them are um kind of coming around retirement age so it'll be interesting to see kind of who's coming through and and and, and filling um the, the the shoes um of those kind of older experienced players particularly kind of in their back line their key nine tens so it'll be interesting to see kind of who's coming through um to fill that so are they kind of going through a bit of a, a plateau stage at the minute then yeah i'd probably say that they they, they are um, so it'll be interesting to see how they get on in the the wxv and then as i say kind of leading up into the the next world cup so when you see a team that's not quite firing like that do, do you immediately think that that's could be a coaching thing or is it just too hard to know yeah, potentially, potentially. Um, and I think it's there's there's some just very 
old bodies, so to speak, um, with re regard to kind of the the um, Italian team. So whether or not they need some a fresh set of eyes and and something new, um, potentially. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with kind of their coaching staff, what happens with kind of their contracts and things like that. Are they looking to kind of put a bit more money into um, their game to, to kind of push forward? And I think, as I've said it quite a few times now, that this, this WXV will be interesting um, to see how um, kind of each nation approaches it with regard to, to kind of funding and things for, for their women's team. And, and, and hopefully um, we kind of see the, the game, game growing a bit more. We're getting kind of more funding pumped into the women's team so that they can go to these tournaments and, and put on a good show. Um, did you have an MVP on Italy's team this year? Um, I would say there was one of their props that was um, pretty good. Bear with me and I will get you a, a name. But um, yeah, they're... They're always good. You've got their their thirteen um, Riga Rigatoni. Is that right? I'm saying right. Rigatoni. Um, she's always good. As I say, though, she, they're all getting towards the retirement kind of age. So um, I would say that there wasn't really anybody who stood out stood out for me in the Italian team. Um, they've they've got kind of their 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 good players. Um, they're nine, they're ten, they're thirteen, and and this prop who I can't for the life of me remember her name, um, kind of stood out. But apart apart from that, I think they're as you say. I think they probably are going through a bit of a um, a plateau phase. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of where they go from from here. So Wales, of course, they got three wins this year. They really brought a ton of joy to a nation starved for good news in terms of rugby. Yeah. Um, what are some of your takeaways from the Welsh performance this year? Um, if you were a Welsh supporter, how are you feeling about the future right now? Excited, very excited. I think they had um, a slightly different um, approach and a different style of play this year than we've we've kind of ever seen them them do before. They were often one of those teams that that just used their their forwards heavily, relied on their forwards heavily, and just did kind of one up crash rugby. So it was nice to see um, kind of Eleanor Snow still at ten um, is is a, a fantastic player. Again, she's she's kind of getting towards retirement age now, um, um, but yeah, she was kind of pulling all the strings in terms of the the Welsh attack. Um, it was something we saw kind of a bit of a, a new dimension to their game. There was lots of kind of kicking. There was lots of, of kind of expansive, quick paced um, rugby, which is not something that we've ever really seen from mm. Wales before. So it looked like they were willing to try stuff. Yeah, willing to, and whether or not that's just them having a bit more confidence in themselves, having a bit more time together off the back of the World Cup. Um, kind of more um, yeah more expansive and exciting kind of style of rugby that they, they were looking to play so um, yeah it was fantastic if I was a, a, a kind of Welsh supporter um, then then I would be really really looking forward to, to seeing what that group of girls can do in the, the next couple of, of months. Uh, you already mentioned Emily Snowsell is she your your MVP for Wales this year? It feels uh, like Every weekend after the round was over and you're listening to, you know, podcasts and coverage, her name just came up constantly. Yeah, I'm going to say no, though. I'm going to say um, Kira Bevan, um, the okay. um, scrum half. Um, I, I've been very fortunate enough to play some sevens with her and she's a, a, a fantastic um, girl on and off the pitch. So um, the acceleration and excitement that she brings to the game is, is um, incredible. She is 
somebody who is very, very knowledgeable, as all good scrum halves are, very knowledgeable about the game. Um, she's got a brilliant skill set. Um, and yeah, um, she probably stood out for me in terms of, of that Welsh squad. The energy that she brought, the connection kind of between the, the pack and, and the backs, um, she bridges so fantastically well. So um, Kira Bevan is, is, is probably my um, MVP for the, the, um, the Welsh I think that's a great shout. So I, I already said I'm going in a bit of a weird order here, but there is a reason for it and we'll get to it. Um, so next, I had the same types of questions around France. Uh, they, they went into that final round, still in contention for a Grand Slam. Just in the last six months or so, they've been within a hair's breadth of toppling the very best teams in the world. What did you come away thinking about France? Have they sort of hit their ceiling? Is this the best they can do? Or was this another warning shot fired to the rest of the world? Um, I think France probably disappointed me a little bit in this Six Nations. I think the having come kind of off the back of, of the World Cup and things like that and, and, and how promising that they'd looked, I think it was one of those ones that I was kind of looking for them to find kind of the next gear and I don't know whether or not they, they did that. Um, they played some nice expansive rugby. We know that they're very physical. They're um, very um, aggressive um, in terms of their their kind of ball carries, their set piece. I do like, like that. that toughness. Yeah, they are. They are solid. Um, so, yeah, in terms of... Uh, they probably did disappoint me a little bit um, with regard to kind of this um, Six Nations. I was kind of looking for them to, to kind of step up and, and, and show us kind of what they've been working on since the World Cup. But um, I was a little under underwhelmed, so to speak. So to speak. Um, but yeah, in terms of... Yeah, they, they, they got the job done um, against Italy. They weren't fantastic. Um, and, and obviously they, they um, fell short against um, England. Um, the rest of the, the teams, they, they did they put a good few points past. But um, What a bonkers second half that, in that, that final match, though. I don't even know what happened. It was, it was, you know, the stupid phrase everyone uses, oh, it's a tale of two halves, but I can't think of any better way to put it. It was insane. And you know what the... the um, perseverance and resilience of that that French squad to kind of not go right. Okay, we're this much down. That's that's the game gone. They were still hammering on that England door, still hammering, yeah. still hammering, and having that ability to be able to to kind of do that is 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 something that's very admirable. So I wish um, there was a video of the the halftime speech their coach yeah. gave them. It, yeah. it must be something else. Some firework fuel somewhere. I think it was. Uh, yeah, it was uh, incredible. <laughs> Very much a tale of, of of two halves. But also, what an advert for women's rugby. Having that many people in the stadium, having that many people watching at home, and for them to put on a performance like that is just in- incredible. And it really, really shows where kind of the women's game is 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 going. And that um, yeah, the the French are are, are bloody good. So, uh, do you have a, a France MVP this year? Um, I would probably say Emily Boulard, um, at 15, she always kind of impresses me how kind of agile and, and quick again, she's just one of those players who, um, you don't really notice her too much again. Um, you don't really notice her too much and then bam, there she is. And she just comes out of nowhere. She finds space where you don't think there's any space to be found. Um, Mm. And our, our kicking game is pretty good as well. So um, I would probably say um, yeah, her, and she's she's young as well. She's, what, 
22 23 so um again got a, a got, got kind of a good um um kind of uh, future ahead of her so i suppose we at least have to kind of mention them i guess england of course won the whole thing and did so without losing a game apart yeah. from that last one nobody really looked too threatening um however you know these other teams as we've already said are sort of they're all rising England now have to start with a new coach, a li likely a new system, everything that goes along with those changes. How are you feeling if you're an England fan right now? Are you safe in your spot in the top? Are you just going to sit there on your throne and keep looking down? Uh, do you know, I, I think there's an element of that. There always is with the English, isn't there? No, I probably can't say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you just did, I, and I agree. <laughs> um, in terms of the English, gosh, they're just so many steps ahead of everyone else um, in terms of their, their kind of structure and setup and things like that so it often is it's it's difficult to, to kind of um see what they they are doing because they do look down on everyone else just based on the their, their the high horse that they're on but um yeah they are building something pretty damn special the um the amount of people that they're getting kind of involved in grassroots they're kind of building um the the kind of youngsters coming through um particularly kind of that we saw in in the squad this year um is is exciting the future is it, yeah they're just going to keep building aren't they um they they are um very well drilled they have a fantastic kind of setup so i think yeah we're going to be seeing a lot more from from them um over the course of of the next few months and i think um the wxv will be interesting um to see kind of how that top battle goes with obviously your your new zealands um and um your usa your canada's your england so it'll be interesting to see kind of that competition side of things because i think it's it's not easy enough for them when they play the six nations but they've got they 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 fairly confident bar that that kind of difficult um battle against France they're fairly confident they're winning the other ones so it'll be nice to see kind of how they match up against the the kind of top um teams in the in the WXV so it'll give them a bit more of a challenge whether or not that's a good thing in developing their game is probably yes and whether or not those can you see those top um the top tier teams then taking big leaps as they're all just advancing at 100 miles mm. an hour and leaving everyone else behind it'll be interesting to see how that goes but yeah um, exciting things from England, uh, youngsters coming through. So, um, yeah, it, it should be good to, to see how they develop over the next couple of months. To be fair, like, I, I really enjoy rooting against England. It's just fun. But at the same time, I love rugby and they're incredibly good at it. So, you can't, you, you know, you, you go into a match thinking, oh, I can't wait to root against them. And then halfway through, you're like, wow, that was amazing. So, and it's just but if, if I have my anti-England hat on, that's the thing I'm looking at is that coaching change. Because it, it does seem like a new coach always feels compelled to sort of put a new stamp on things. So if they're already this good at, you know, X system and somebody else comes in and says, no, don't do that. Do this other thing. Maybe there's a drop off there. Is that a possibility or are they just going to add more things to this powerhouse they already have? 
Yeah, potentially. It'll be interesting to see kind of how a new new coach approaches it. I think also you've um, you've just lost um, Sarah Hunter with her retiring as well. So a change of captaincy, so change of kind of the, the top leaders, so to speak, within that squad. So it'll be interesting to see how it kind of merges and, and, and develops and which kind of route they, they, they choose to go down. Are they going to continue to kind of build strength to strength or are they going to have a little bit of a crumble when they've got kind of a new structure and things to... to crumble, crumble. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it'll be really interesting to see kind of how um, they they change as a squad over the course of the, the next wee while with with some kind of key key figures leaving um, and a kind of a new um, performance and, and leadership um, group. Well, you literally just said the name of the next point on my list here, Sarah Hunter. How good w- was she, and how boss a move was that retiring the way she did? I, I can't think of any parallel situation. What did you think about that at the time? Yeah, incredible. Um, she's an absolutely outstanding um player and and such a a fantastic advocate of of kind of women's rugby. So um, yeah, very. Na- What's her next move? By the way, is she going to be uh, be a coach? Is she going to go around and 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 speak to groups? Like, what what's her next thing? Because it seems like she could do anything. Yeah, I think she's going to be um, kind of similar to Maggie Alfonsi and I think she's probably going to kind of the the commentary side of things. Oh, okay. Um, I think she's done. Um, she's she's done a lot of coaching kind of throughout um the the, the last few years um anyway so um I think she'll probably stick her hand in at coaching but I think she'll kind of keep in on the the commentary side of things because she was doing some pits and pieces towards the end of the Six Nations she had the um the microphone in her hand so um I think she probably will go into to, to kind of coaching side of it but um yeah I think she'll stick her hand in the commentary but what a way to go like in terms of having played against in at your home club um in front of that many people most people would probably just say um I'll go out after the the, the last right. situations but um for her to kind of do it like that was 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 something else um in front of her home crowd the stand innovation that she got as she was kind of coming off um was was incredible um so yeah and absolutely it, it was such a you can't tell me what to do move like yeah. that just really struck a chord with me yeah, very much so. She's such a, a boss, isn't she? So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was lovely. Really, really nice to see. She got a fantastic send off. Um, but and what an absolutely fantastic career that she's had. So uh, did you have besides her, do you have somebody for England's MVP this year? Um, oh, they're all good, aren't they? I don't want to big in. <laughs> Damn it. Um, yeah, you've got your, your we- angels. We need, to find an, we need to find an LVP instead. Yeah, no, I know exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, you've got your usuals, you've got your Marley Packers, you've got your Sarah Burns, you've got your um Hannah Bottomans, you've got all of the the kind of big rigs in the um the forward pack that um do all the hard yards. And then I was actually quite impressed by um Holly Aitchison and kind of her I think maturity is probably gonna be the best word for it. Um yeah. she's she's been um don't know what the best way to describe it. she's she's not been a coach favorite for a few reasons so it was nice to see her kind of stepping up and taking kind of hold of that tenure um for for kind of the course of the the six nations and um, do you know what it's actually fairly difficult because england have got such an expansive and so such depth within their squad there was so many players that played for them over the course of the six nations which is frustrating because it's just incredible that they've got that many good good players and um, yeah. 
cool. Yeah, it was interesting to see. It was nice to see more hunt back. That's such a luxury too. That's one of their secret weapons is the fact that they can rest some what you think are their best yeah. players, and then they come back. It's, they're like the Leinster of women's rugby. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and how many teams do you have? It's it's incredible, isn't it? And it's also, I think it's one of those ones that I think some players fall into favor fall out favorite let's take for let's take scrum half um and the the kind of position for example and i think obviously you had mo hunt miss out in the world cup she wasn't included in the squad and you had leanne infanti was was pretty much starting every single game in the the world cup she's not been involved in the six nations at all she's not been selected at all mo hunt's huh. been back in um and and you've had um packer um playing at nine and then ella whereas was quite nice to see her get her first cap and 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 get kind of in in that nine shirt as well so it's just it's incredible the depth that they've got but it's also one minute one's a favorite next minute another's a favorite and 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 you can go from starting for your country at a world cup to not be even being involved in the six nations squad so the as you say the luxury of having that amount of players to pick from and that uh, that kind of pool of of class is is incredible and probably why england are so blooming good that's such a great point too it's almost like you you can't pick an mvp because they have five of them because it, it depends on which game you're talking about yeah yeah massively so um but yeah no i think that um it'll be exciting to see over the next wee while with the kind of change in coaches with the the kind of change in in, in key leaders with um hunter kind of stepping away it'll be interesting to see where england go um and um, i'm sure it will be up unfortunately um but... <laughs> come on keep rooting for the crumble i know i know <laughs> <laughs> so i saved ireland for last ireland of course, they found themselves with a firm grip on that wooden spoon. Now their head coach has walked away. It's a program in complete disarray or would appear to be on the outside. Prior to this tournament, a lot of people were talking pretty openly about the challenge this was going to represent for them, given the absence of their sevens players. Um, first off, you know what, what were your takeaways for Ireland this year? And second, how much of a difference would it have made if those sevens players had actually been available? Yeah, I think it's one of those ones. I think it probably would have made a difference. Um, we know um, the, the style of game that Ireland like to play is a very expansive, quick-paced um, game where the, those sevens players would, would fit kind of right in with that. So um, I think it probably would have made a difference. I just think they just didn't look like they ever really got going they right. didn't really have any connection between their, their, their kind of nine and their ten. Their, their forwards looked... I'm going to use the word soft. I don't know if that's, I don't know if I'm allowed to really say that, but they just didn't look like they wanted it. They didn't look like they had the, the kind of drive and passion that we've previously seen Ireland teams with. So that, that's what my eyes were telling me, but I just had a hard time believing that. Like, yeah, that just I, seems weird. No, I, I, and I don't know why i don't know what what it is that they're missing i don't know what kind of spark they're they're missing and are or are they missing people or i don't know what it is that they're, they're missing but yeah they just didn't look great um they didn't look like they ever had any control they weren't playing smart rugby they did this there was just nothing was really clicking for them i didn't see anything that i thought whoa that that was really good there was no real kind of consistency with their set piece they were just a bit all over the place so something i think kind of needs to change i, I think particularly kind of obviously they weren't involved in the the world cup so 
um, whether or not they they they've kind of fallen off the bat because they've not played kind of international fixtures for for some time, or I would have expected them to have kind of used the the time that they had from um kind of the the last Six Nations to this Six Nations to to kind of build and and, and refocus. But um it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens now, where they go, what um they 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 kind of want to achieve. Um I think the the WXV will be good for them in terms of of getting um them all a bit more game time at that level, and um, because they just looked off the pace. When you look at the table too, but when it was all over, they scored 25 total points in this tournament. They, they averaged five points. And I think they only, if I remember right, they only got into double digits once. Meanwhile, England at the top scored 271, literally more than 10 times as many points. Unbelievable. Yeah, Ireland just they just didn't have the ability to 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 get over the whitewash. They didn't. They weren't able to string phases together. Their forwards were 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 just soft. They were weren't looking after the ball. They weren't able to create anything, and they were they were looking to kind of go wide before they'd actually done any of the hard yards to kind of get any momentum. So they just looked really disjointed and and not kind of the 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 Ireland that we, we've kind of previously seen. So the ironic thing is there's there's a lot of anger now about the fact that, the, you know, the sevens players were excluded in order to concentrate on Olympic qualification. But meanwhile, they're not doing well at all in the HSBC series. It, it no. just seems like they're fighting two battles and losing both of them. Is that fair to say? Yeah, very much so. So where it comes to the point where do you cut one and focus on 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 something and and kind of put all of your your money, your drive, your resources into that rather than doing two things and as you say, not not succeeding at either of them. So I think it's something that Ireland, the Irish women's kind of rugby, they've they've, they've always kind of had issues with the union and I don't think it's I don't know the politics of it all but I don't think it's it's very smooth talking in terms of of, of, of how they 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 kind of go so whether or not they need to, to to kind of say like we just need to focus on on sevens or we just need to focus on 15s um I think they do need to to make that decision because as you say they can't keep going on with um kind of being being rubbish at both which they currently are can you think of a player who was actually a bright spot on their team for you this year um, I thought um, Dorothy Wall, she's always pretty solid. Um, I know I've just called them all soft, but um, she is um, <laughs> pretty solid in, the, um, in the, the, the kind of second row. And then um, Scuffle McCabe at, at nine, she, she, had, she showed me a few good things, a few exciting things. She's quite a menace kind of around um, the ruck. She likes a little um, pick and travel to, to kind of interest people, but she just didn't have anybody kind of, running offer um mm. and or doing anything kind of um productive with it so um she's definitely one that i think to 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 watch for the future i think she's only got about 10 caps or so so she she's still young and and, and still kind of um coming um um into the, the scrum half role so um i'd probably say those two kind of stood out as much as you can could kind of stand out in in that squad so if you had a good Irish friend, what would you be telling her right now to help her feel some sort of optimism for this program going forward? I think the the something needs to change. Um, and I think they need to, to, to put more money, more resources into it, get the girls kind of training full time. Um, and, and then you can kind of go from there. I think a lot of them as well, I think that the issues come from them being told that they're not allowed to play outside of Ireland. So in terms of Scotland, we've got all of our um, girls playing down south in the Premiership, which is right. 
arguably a, a much higher standard than the premiership is up here. Um, so in terms of Ireland, they've said that they have to kind of stay within Ireland and play within Ireland. So you're not getting people playing down in England where they're learning new skills, they're playing with the, the best in the world. So, and then bringing that back. So I think that's probably, I, as I say, there's a lot of politics involved with it all. And I don't really know the ins and outs of it, but I think something needs to change with regard to that so that you're able to get players playing in, uh, at a higher level week in, week out, and then can come back and bring that into the driving force for the, the kind of the, the international side of things. Last time we talked, weren't they sort of making noises about like a Celtic league? Weren't, weren't there sort of somewhat half-baked plans about that? Has, has that been scrapped now? I, I feel like I haven't heard that phrase in several months. Yeah, no, we, we, we did the, we had the Celtic Cup just before the Six Nations. Um, really? So that was, yeah, so that was um, uh, a Scotland team, um, a Welsh team and an Irish Irish team. And we played everybody home and away. Um, so the Irish team that, that, that came over, um, they called themselves the Combined Provinces. And to be honest with you, they were actually pretty decent. But that was because it was the, the kind of, the whole point of the Celtic Cup was home based players within each of the nations it was kind of like a, a development squad or an a squad so to speak the, the kind of homegrown players in in each of the the the, the countries and um, were to come together and, and and form their their squad and then play against the the welsh and the the irish whereas the irish team was just basically the irish team um so they they actually did quite well in the celtic cup they um they definitely they beat us home and away um and they I think they beat the Welsh home and away as well. I think the Wel one of the games was close, but yeah, I think Ireland actually did pretty well in that that Celtic Cup. But it's something that I think we're, they're going to continue to do and try to make a bit bigger. Have a couple of squads um, from Scotland, a couple of squads from Wales, a couple of squads from Ireland, and then kind of build that there to to kind of bridge a bit of a gap as well between the the kind of development squads and the the full kind of international squads um and so yeah the celtic cup should be coming back around next year as well well as somebody who tries really hard to follow as much rugby as i can all over the world i don't know if it's a worse sign for me that i didn't hear about that at all or or their advertising frankly because yeah I think it's probably the latter um, with regard to, to um, yeah, the, the advertisement of it. It wasn't very well advertised. But to be honest with you, it was only organised about five minutes before it was due to kick off. So um, the classic kind of organisational skills probably meant that the advertisement wasn't there. So, um, yeah, just the classic, unfortunately. So you've already said you don't know all the politics and everything, but you probably at least have an opinion about the, the protests. I believe it was at Musgrave Park the sort of yeah. protest that wasn't in a way, um, you know, it, it's complicated. Um, I really appreciate the women who showed up with these signs. Uh, I'm, I feel like I'm on their side. The IRFU is like, oh, we don't have a problem with the protest. We have a problem with you using that specific word at an event where there's kids and stuff like that, which it, it's hard to, to believe that's their genuine reason for, you know, confiscating signs uh you know any time somebody says no no no, stop that protest I, I, it sets my radar off um yeah. what did you think about that um uh, yeah there's there's too much there's too much politics um involved i think it's just one of those ones and i think it's reflected in how the girls have kind of performed over the past wee while um i think that i that i i are i r f u 
yeah, that's the right words. Um, I need to kind of, yeah, I was close there. Um, <laughs> need to kind of get on board um, and, and kind of su support the kind of women's game um, and get behind the the, the, the Irish girls. Um, and I just, yeah, there's too much politics. There's too much going on. Um, and then, and it has reflected in the way that the Irish have played, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah. It seems like the IRFU are just like, we are not going to put our feet firmly on the right side of this. We're going to try to stay on the fence. But to me, trying to stay on the fence when there's a, a, a right side to, to say, okay, this is what we believe. Yeah. Uh, and this thing was unacceptable. Their failure to do that just say, says bad things to me. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I, I, yeah. It's difficult. People are very clearly very passionate and, and, um, I think, yeah, it's about finding a fine line and the 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 security. Yeah, yeah, it's just it was a bit of carnage, and um, I think there's been a lot of things off the back of it, a lot of things that I've seen on TikTok off the back of it. So it's one of those very well known sources, TikTok, um, <laughs> about the kind of the phrase that was said, um, and I think that people are now people are turning it and trying to boost women's rugby and boost the kind of um I don't really know what the words I'm trying to say here is but I think I think it did do good things I think what happened and what went on and and, and them kind of confiscating the sign and all the rest of it the too much politics involved in that part of it but I think the media surrounding it has actually maybe been quite a good thing and okay. is now hopefully going to, yeah I think hopefully it should improve and i don't know what i'm trying to say here but yeah i think I, I think i get it like the the fact that it turned into this separate issue with them confiscating signs added another spotlight on the yeah. issue so therefore more and people heard about it and were able probably to you know, benefited benefited the way that they wanted it to benefit the way the fans yeah. wanted it to benefit if that makes sense but yeah um, yeah yes it's yeah although let's talk about like kind of the the crowd that they got to um, Musgrave Park, there was in excess of 5,000, I think there was, um, to, to that game, which is is good. Um, we touched on it very briefly before, talking about kind of the crowds at places. Scotland in the last game got 4,500, I think it was. Nice. Uh, theirs, which is is good. Um, and then obviously we know the, 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 um, the France... England score, uh, France England score, the France England game with with fifty seven thousand people there, or, or however many it was. I think it was fifty seven thousand. So, it's one of those ones that it's it's so good to see that many people caring and giving up um, about <laughs> women's rights. Exactly. It's yeah. It's it's. I think that did get the the media coverage that it probably wanted to get. Mm. Um, making a scene of it is is probably benefited them i mean i think if you asked anyone on earth has women's rugby been you know treated poorly in general compared to the men's game i think the answer is always going to be yes but i also think if you say in ireland's case has it been worse i think that seems true at least from the outside that also seems true there was the, the you know the photos they were sharing of the you know their changing room area where they're out by dumpsters and there's rats right next to where they're supposed to get, be getting ready for these serious games and um and then immediately they were told stop posting that stuff and like 
it just seems like a, a really negative situation. Um, do you see that turning around? Do you feel like maybe this media spotlight is going to help open that door? Yeah, I, I hope so. And I hope that people continue to kind of tell those stories and see those things so that people actually do kind of understand and say, actually, that needs to change. There's been there's been such a massive growth in the women's game for for so long so the only way is going to be to continue to go go up and i'm hoping that people are now actually seeing and understanding like take the the, the england france game for example and how exciting a match was and and, and how people were, were kind of getting behind both teams and, and 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 watching it across the globe hopefully people can see that actually women's rugby is good it is exciting it's just as physical it's just as skillful as the men's game and 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 hopefully keep telling these stories of all the bad stuff that's happening but also look at all the good stuff that is happening and 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 how can we kind of continue to to drive that forward i think the excitement and the interest is is there and hopefully all of these little negative bits that we're, we're kind of still going on hopefully they will be something of the past in the next few years it does seem like the next generation is going to look back at those stories and feel like, really? Yeah. Was it really like that, mom? You know, like yeah. the, yeah. The, the, I'm looking forward to these being the stories from the old days, stories from the dark ages when everyone's like, I, it seems unrealistic <laughs> to think that that was ever like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it, it, it's just, it goes to show that um, the, the game is coming. There's lots of things that that probably happened um, kind of five, 10 years ago that now we don't see, but it's still, we're still not quite there in terms of of, 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 of the same um, kind of respect, is, is respect the right word, that the, the men get. So um, hopefully, as you see, it'll be one of those ones that we'll be seeing in the near future. I can't remember when it was like that. Um, yeah, remember when it was like that, but look, look, look where we are now and, and and as I say kind of the only the only way is up Rachel you are totally amazing that's the tournament for another year I think we've already kind of said this but are you feeling as sure as I am that next year's tournament is going to be twice as good yeah I am I'm excited I think the, the I've said it several times um the the WXV will be um a, a kind of exciting part um to we'll play we'll play an exciting part in the the, the kind of ongoing development of of the women's game um and so i think come round to the six nations next year um it'll be good to see where where all the teams are kind of matching up so i'm excited um um for kind of the the, the next few months of of women's rugby um and and kind of where we go from here but yeah i'm looking forward to to next year's six nations already it's funny too cuz the 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 wxv thing all the coverage I've been hearing about it has been people saying, why won't they tell us anything about this? Why, why don't we have any details yet? But now that it's starting to come together and just talking to you about it, I feel really positive about that. I have a, I've been completely flipped around on that. That sounds like it's going to be a great opportunity for a lot of nations, you know, all, you know, 18 nations, it sounds like. Yeah, so it should be good. It should be good. Obviously, they're still waiting to finalise a few bits and pieces. They don't know that it's been confirmed that um, the Tier 1 will play in New Zealand, the Tier 2 will play in South Africa, and they're waiting to hear where the Tier 3 will, will play. But I think it really depends on who actually qualifies for that. Mm. I think they were talking about potentially being in Hong Kong, but um, I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, I think once they kind of finalise, it's always lastminute.com, so once they kind of finalise everything with regard to 
that I think it'll be um kind of um you'll be able to get excited about it because we'll actually know what's going on um but yeah it does sound like it's slowly taking shape um and and as I say it should be an exciting opportunity for lots of these teams to play more international games I hadn't heard that about them, you know, the different locations. That's going to make such a difference weather-wise. Like yeah. these these competitions will be happening in completely different times of, you know, like t- yeah. uh, different seasons, I should say. Uh, that, that, yeah. I love that. That's one of my favorite things in following sort of multiple competitions around the world because you can watch a game in New Zealand where the people have umbrellas in the stands, not because it's raining, but because it's so blistering hot and everyone's dying small deaths on the field. And then you switch and watch a, a game in Bath and it's just pouring down and everyone's wearing their heaviest coats and stuff. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. No, massively. So I think that should be be interesting. I think Scotland girls are looking forward to a tour to um, South Africa. So that, that should be good for them, but yeah, but it also is one of those ones that those, those teams, so New Zealand and South Africa are going to be, play, well, I think South Africa in the second tier, I'm not entirely sure. Um, uh, they're going to be playing in kind of home home soil. So right. they have a little bit of a, an advantage as well there. So weather's going to be a different one. And then yeah, the, the home advantage as well for it, for the, for New Zealand and for South Africa. So on the horizon, we do have the HSBC series concluding in Toulouse for the women, at least just next week. That's yeah. been an amazing tournament. I love it. Yeah. Over here, we have our premier sevens really getting into gear. We've got Ruby Tui coming to the States the next couple of months. That's exciting. Uh, oh, man, that's so great. <laughs> what a get. Yes. I mean, she she brings so much attention and just, you know, I mean, we could do a whole Ruby Tui show, for God's sake. She's the best. She's so um, good. She brings she brings not only fantastic rugby, but as you say, she's got per- such a following and such a personality, but kind of behind her. So hopefully, she kind of brings that over and and kind of boosts the um media coverage, so to speak, um of of um American um women's rugby. Yeah, it's you know her her magnetism and her gravitas. I would say just you you know it when she walks into the room. I just have this great feeling she's going to be an incredible ambassador for the game over here as well. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So we've got the WXV, we've got unprecedented investment levels, unheard of attention in the media, and the fan base is obviously massive. You and I talked about the World Cup being a war, uh, like a turning point for this sport. Were we right? How are you feeling about the future of the game right now? Yeah, massively. I think it was a, a, one of two ways as well, I think. I was excited to see how all these teams were going to come out off the back of the World Cup. A few of them have been looking like they're building in the right direction and the the World Cup has been good for them. A few of them looking a little bit rusty, but whether or not that's just because they haven't played any rugby since the World Cup. So um, I think it 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 definitely did its job in terms of um, improving the game and, and getting more kind of coverage. I don't think we would have got um, 57,000 people at um, the at um, the, the the last game, the, the France versus England game, if it hadn't have been for kind of the, the popularity and drive from the World Cup. So I think it has done um, massively good things um, and it'll just be interesting to see how we build towards the, the, the kind of next World Cup in 2025. So what's on the immediate horizon for Scotland? Um, the, the WXV and um, that's the next bridge, as you said? Yeah, so that'll be in um, October time. I'm not sure as to whether or not. I think they'll probably do a couple of summer tests um, just during the summer. So all of them have gone back down to their um, clubs um, at the moment. We've still got um, kind of 
four or five games I think most clubs will have down for, for uh, down in the Premiership down in England so um, they'll have those to, to kind of finish off and um, probably a little bit of downtime and then into pre-season um, and probably play some um, summer um, tests before they go to the WXV. So what's on the immediate horizon for you? What's coming up next? You just finished off an impressive win. You, you, you held up the cup and then went and found a few cups. Yes, <laughs> what, exactly. What's the next step? Very much so. Um, well, um, I'm running a marathon in three weeks' time. <gasps> I, um, it's very... I don't think stupidly, very naively is probably the right words, um, signed up for the Edinburgh Marathon um, last year. Um, so yeah, I'm running the Edinburgh Marathon in three weeks time. So um, get through that in one piece, hopefully. Um, and First time. Yes. So it's, I've never ran a marathon before. Um, I've, I'm not really built to run marathons. I um, <laughs> so it'll be very interesting. I would. I, I've um, heard a lot of marathon runners never run the full, you know, in, in, in Boston, it's 26.2 miles. I've heard yeah. a lot of runners never get close to 26 in preparation. What, what's your approach? Um, I'm going, so I've got one more long run to do before the actual race. So that's next weekend. Um, and I'm going to run about 20 miles. Um, everybody said that you will have the last kind of six in the bag. You'll have the last kind of five or six in the bag. Um, no, no matter what, once you get to that 20 mark, you're, you're, you should have it. So um, I'm going to run, yeah, 35 kilometers, which is, is, is 20, 21 miles, I think. So um, I'm going to run one of those next week and then, um yeah see see where we we're at and then just crack on I'd really like my issue is I'd really really like to get a sub four hours um but yeah I think I, I was I was thinking a long time ago I was like oh I'd love to do that and get sub four hours now it's getting closer I think I just want to to finish it I think yep that yep be. I would call a finish a win um that's what's that's what's coming next um and yeah as i say fingers crossed to get through it in one piece (laughs) well uh, i'm not exactly right next door to you but even from here i can tell you're absolutely going to do that you are going to get over that finish line and when you look up you're going to be proud of that time and as well yes hopefully hopefully so um yes it's uh my body is feeling like I've been hit by a bus today, so um, I better get on the on the recovery. Um, so that it's can... a good thing it's not this weekend. It sounds like. I know, I know, um, and I've got yeah, I've got a couple of sevens tournaments that I'm debating whether or not I play in uh, before I run the marathon. My mum keeps on being like, Rachel, if you injure yourself, I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. Um, I don't know whether or not I'll play in the sevens tournaments. We shall see. But yes, um, just got to make it to make it to racy and then oh how hard can it be i keep telling myself I'm like, how hard can it be <laughs> rachel law as tina turner once said you're simply the best thank you once again for all your time and your insights i just can't get enough of it congratulations on the huge win this weekend let's find a time to catch up again soon yes Yes, please. Yes, please. No, I thank you so much for having me. Um, I love chatting about rugby with you. So um, yeah, thank you so much once again for having me. Rachel, so long. Thank you so much. Cheers and be well.